Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. We are in a series called This Is Us, and we're talking about our family values. And today, uh, I want to talk to you about just that, that Promised Land is family. Promised Land is family. Hopefully, you got some notes when you walked in the door. If you have them, get them out, take some notes. That's really the very first thing, the most important thing I want you to grab a hold of, is that this church is family. Last week, we talked about Promised Land being Bible-based and Spirit-led. That's huge. Super important. Today is another fundamental part of who we are. We're not teammates. We're not partners. We're not associates. This is not a club. Uh, This is not an organization. This is family. And that matters. And if you just attend here on Sundays, or maybe just sporadically on Sundays, I want to let you know that you're just dipping your toes in what... The possibilities are, uh, if you come every Sunday, you're just ankle deep. Ezekiel 47 talks about the levels of engagement. There's ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. And then the water is so deep that you have to swim in it. And I want to invite you into something more rich and more meaningful and more impactful in your life than simply just attending a service on a Sunday. That there's more to it than that. We want to go into the deep waters of relationship. We need each other. We need to encourage one another. We need to teach one another. We need to help one another. We need to challenge one another. We need to have fun together. All of these matter. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Jesus spent... His entire public ministry with 12 guys. Actually, he spent it with probably about 20 in the the true fullness of his entourage. There was the 12 disciples. There were some women in there. There were some other people. And he invested in those people and those 12 people after after he uh, ascended into heaven, after his resurrection. Those 12 people went on to plant the churches that have come to be what we are today, the church of God. And after Jesus ascended and and goes into heaven, those those 12, it wasn't a cakewalk at all. There was tribulation and persecution and prosecution and jail time, and most of them were martyred for their faith. How do you go to that level of living for God and ultimately dying for God It goes back to their connection to Jesus when they're doing everything together. They're traveling together, eating together. Uh, They're ministering to people. They're passing out food together, right? Learning together, arguing, having fun. I mean, all of that together. So the question I have for you is, what 12 people will change your life forever? What 12 people will change your life forever? What group are you associating with? That passage in Proverbs says, if you're hanging out with wise, you become wise. If you associate with fools, you get in trouble. So what group of 12, what group of five? I want you to think about it just for a minute. Do a little evaluation 
on who you're connecting with the most, who are your associations, who are the, con- the deepest connections that you have. I've heard it says that you're an average of the five people you hang out with. That's really what you become. A week from now, one week from today, we're going to be launching small groups. We have dozens and dozens of small groups that are going to be happening all over the region. I'm telling you today, a week early, to start thinking about it, praying about it, getting the courage to go to and try out one, if not several different types of small groups. We have men's groups, women's groups, young adult, college, family groups with kids, uh, empty nester groups. Groups that study the Bible, like my wife's leading a, a group that's going to be for women on Tuesday afternoons. It's going to study the book of James. My mom does one at 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning. They pray together, eat breakfast together. Uh, and then we have, those are pretty heavy and pretty deep. And if, you, if you're ready for that, great. Maybe you're just kind of new. You're like, whoa, that, that's early. I, can't, I don't think I can pull that one off. Uh, that's okay. There's others. But I'm, I'm just kind of wetting the appetite a little bit and letting you know that that's coming. And I really want you to know how valuable and important it really is to get linked up with other people. 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And he takes it another level. He doesn't just say that this is your family. He says that this is the body of Christ. That we're all fitly joined together forming a body, one body. The human body has many parts. This is verse 12. But the many parts make up one. Somebody say one. One One whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we all share that same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit links us together. We come from all different walks of life. In this application, he's talking about Jews, Gentiles, slave, free. If I were speaking to you directly today, and I am, I would say we have some Hispanics in here, some blacks, some Asians, some white. We have some widows, some elderly college students. We, we have people that uh, have a ton of money in the bank. We have people that are struggling week to week. We have people with PhDs. We have people with high school education. We have junior high students. Element. I mean, we are so diverse here at Promised Land. It doesn't matter where you came from. We all come to the cross of Jesus. And at the cross of Jesus, we're all equal. Amen. I want you to tell, I want to tell you something that you probably haven't thought of clearly in this manner. But there's something very special about the body that Jesus is building here in this place at Promised Land. I heard a statistic this week that close to 400 churches in the U.S. close every month. Almost 5,000 churches a year close their doors forever. And 42% of pastors in the U.S. right now are considering getting out of the ministry forever. 42% of pastors are considering that right now. I'm not, and this church is not closing. 
we have something amazing happening here right now. God is doing a great work here. And we need to not take that for granted and not be uh, apathetic about that. But instead, we need to lean into that and get even more invested into what God is doing in this place. And I love it. I love the fact that Promised Land is so diverse. And we're going to talk about that a few weeks from now, the power of the diversity of our church. But it's just... It's just very unique how many different types of people call this place home. And I've literally had many pastors over the years ask me how Promised Land has become so diverse. And I don't really know what to say about it other than God just brings every different type of people here. And I love it. And I think following this passage is really where it comes. Let's look at verse 14. Yes, The body has many different parts, not just one part. But if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Everybody in here is unique and different. And we're, as soon as this service is over, we're going to go over and have next steps. And I want to encourage anybody that wants to come over there, come join us. I say this to every time, every time at, at next steps. I say this, you know, people come in there and there's, you know, there's like 15, 20, 30 people over there. And um, as they're entering into promised land, I know that many people think, well, is, you know, why am I coming here? Is there a need for me here? Uh, the church is big, you know, we... Uh, Jennifer was just telling me that last week we had 300 more people, adults, 300 more adults here last Sunday than we did a year ago. And we've grown that much. That's amazing. Uh, So if I step into a church like this that's filled with people, why do I matter? I mean, you've got everybody here. You've got, obviously, people helping lead and people serving and people giving and People worshiping, people here. And I'll say this to you. I'll say this to everyone that we have next steps. This church may be big and it may have a lot of people, but it doesn't have you. You bring something different than anyone else because you are unique. And God created in you something that is very special. I want you to start hearing that truth and receiving that truth. Some of you have have had other people tell you things like you don't matter, you're not worth anything, you're a mistake, you shouldn't have been born, you've messed up so hard that, you know, you're an embarrassment or all of that kind of thing and people have laid labels on top of you and maybe they've left you or rejected you or whatever. I'm glad you're here because we want you. You fit here. You matter here. You're a piece of the body that we haven't had yet and you bring something unique and special to promise and that we want and we need. Absolutely, absolutely. And the scripture is talking about um, this, this, next, this next verse here, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. God has put every part where he wants it. He created you and he put you here because he wants you here. Now dive into that, lean into that, surrender to that. 
Invest everything you've got into the body of Christ, the local body of Christ. And, and, and there's, there's a trend, there's, a, there's the devil that keeps coming and saying, organized religion is so bad and so awful and all of that. And I, I you know, I, I, I've said this before, so many people are like, I experience God in the woods. The woods are my church. No, the woods are not your church. The woods are the woods. And the woods are healing. The woods are great. Go on a hike. Go swim in a lake. That's awesome. But that's not the church. When you get sick in the hospital, the lake's not going to pray for you. The trees aren't going to come visit you. Come on. Right? So go for a hike. I love that. But get to church and get invested in the local body. And yes, there's hurt parts in the body. There's parts that need help. But God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, if, if there are many parts, but only one body. So, you know, and some people say, you know, I don't need to be a part of a church. I'll be on my own. And this scripture completely destroys that ideology. If I were to take my finger and cut it off, or my finger is like, I'm out. I don't like Robert anymore. Jump ship. It's going to wiggle for a little bit, and then it's going to die and dry up because it needs the body. And you do too. You may not think, oh, I'm doing good. I don't need it. I got my own thing. I, whatever. No, you need to be plugged in to the body. The body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, and the parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. I love that. And you'll see that in the church body, the church family, that, uh, that we don't elevate people according to the world's standards, the world standards are like if you have so much money or you live in a certain kind of house or your kids look a certain way or whatever. No, that's not the way it is in the body of Christ. And the parts that we regard as less honorable, we clothe with the greatest care and we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the most honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together. So God has put the body together. You may have thought you found promised land on Google, but actually God has brought you to the family. God has brought you to the body and he's fitly joining you into the body. God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Remember, this is what Jesus said. We've been on this scripture all year. Jesus said, upon this rock, I, Jesus said, I am building my church and when Jesus builds his body, when Jesus builds his church, he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell, the spirits of darkness are coming against your life. Hate your life. Hate your marriage. Hate your progress that you've made. Your health. Your finances. And just coming against it. Coming against the church trying to cause division, trying to cause backbiting and spirits of uh, pride and ugliness and jealousy and all this. 
The devil's trying to come against the body of Christ, but Jesus says, I'm building a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Come on. That's happening here. Verse, uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 25, uh, 12, 25, and 26. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffer, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. This is such a beautiful text. All the members care. All the members care for one another. When you have a sick body part, God designed our physical bodies in such a beautiful way that if we do have, like yesterday I cut myself up here trying to shave off some of the hair right here and it sliced my skin open and starts bleeding and immediately my body goes into alert. There's a cut, right? Oxygen, nerves are sending signals to the brain. Blood cells, white blood cells, all the different types of uh, movement happening in the body to clot the blood, to begin healing. The body is designed to do that. And it happens in a healthy body. And so what happens in the body of Christ is that when there's a person that has an issue, the rest of the body come and rally around that hurt person or that hurt part And it is a natural thing that happens. It's a beautiful thing that happens. When God begins to do a work in a broken part of the body through the rest of the body and bring healing to that. Look at this. Your condition is downstream of your church family. Your condition is downstream. Whatever condition that you're in, it's because of the relationships that you've had in the past. It doesn't affect the relationships you have don't shield you from broken things or hurtful things, but they help you sustain and move forward and grow in the midst of those things. Church is your family. Where you are today is because of the relationships you've had in the past. The whole point of today is let's start thinking about the future and let's start investing in the church body today. And I want to speak to young folks here that are beginning these relationships in your life. And you're you're dating for the first time. And you're you're starting to think about marriage. And starting to think about where where you want to work. And what kind of career you want to have. And where, you know, what groups you're associating with at college. You know, fraternity, sorority, clubs, intramural stuff. You know, all the extra stuff. And you start thinking about the groups that you're connecting with. You will walk like whoever you walk with. And you may think, no, nah, I'm not going to, you know, they, they do these certain things, but I'm not going to do that, you know. But you're walking with them. Guess what? Over time, you're going to start walking like whoever you walk with. And you might think just because you have some camaraderie or some, you know, mutual tastes, the same tastes, uh, that that equals a great relationship. And I want to warn you today that just because you have the same tastes don't mean you have the same values. And so you need to be careful who you connect with because their values start becoming your values. And the way they walk is the way you walk. And this is very important. 
I know your parents have talked to you about this, but listen to me just for a second as you're talking about this. This is a formative time in your life, and you need to make sure you know who you're hanging out with. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Bobcats, you out there? Oh, it's a lot quieter now. Eat them up, eat them up. Go, cats, go. Come on. You're one church family away from the life that God wants you to live. If you're thinking about, how do I get to the place where God wants me? Some of y'all had dreams, inklings. God spoke to you. You know that God has plans for your life. You know they're bigger than where you are right now. You know there's things in your life right now that are hanging you up and, and hurting you and slowing you down. How do I get to that place where I know God wants me to be? It's in the vehicle called your church family. It's in the vehicle of the body of Christ. It is the people around you that you're connecting. You're just one church family away. That doesn't mean it's going to be an instant arrival at that place, but it is going to be a journey with the body of Christ, with these people. And I just, I just keep thinking about the value and the impact that the body can have. And I heard a story a couple weeks ago. Um, Rose Mankata was in uh, the hospital. Her kidneys were failing. And uh, thank God she's here today. God is turning her physical body around. And God has helped her in many ways physically. But um, during the week, Jennifer and Irene were going to go visit her in the hospital and they went up there to the hospital here in San Marcos. And when they got there, there was already church people there visiting Rose. And those people left. Jennifer and Irene visited her. And then before they left, more church people came. There was this overlap of the church body coming to minister and love on and help and pray for another part of the church body that was hurting. I don't know what Rose is. I don't know if she's an ear or a toe or an arm or a whatever. It was hurting. She was hurting. And the rest of the body coming around. And we've actually had hospitals, nurses call and say, can you please quit sending promise and people to the hospital? The patient needs to rest. And, and we said, we didn't tell them to come. They just got there. We didn't have to put on here, please, someone go visit Rose. We'll pay you. Go visit her. Tell her you like her. Tell her you pray for her. We don't have to do that. Why? Because it's a natural reaction in a healthy body to go touch and heal and minister to someone that's hurting. Nikki and Emilio are about to have a baby this month. It's kind of, the little baby Jude is almost here. And... Uh, Two Saturdays in a row, we had to re- reserve the student center so they could have baby showers. Two baby showers that filled up the student center over there. And I was at the first one, and uh, there was a room full of people. We ate, and then there was this pile of presents. And uh, thankfully, we didn't play all those weird games and that kind of stuff. But we, we sat there and watched them open presents. It was tough for the guys in the room, but we did it. We were there. And... Uh, the next week, the next Saturday, another group of people filled up that room, another pile of presents. 
They're like at home getting tired, paper cuts and just sore from opening all the presents and gift cards and all the things that are happening. And I was talking to Nikki about that. And I was just like, that's so beautiful. And she, she, she was overwhelmed by it. And it wasn't, she didn't say she felt guilty, but she just felt, I don't know how to express my thanks and my uh, surprise and all that. And I said, Nikki, you don't have to. We didn't ask anyone to give you anything. We didn't beg people, please, buy the Malakaras a baby gift. They're desperate. They're poor. They need help, you know, whatever. People did it because you've invested in them. You're a part of the family. And when a part of the family has a celebration like this, we love to celebrate with you and honor you. And it's not a problem. It is just a natural response. There's people in here today that are going through something very heavy and you're nervous and you're afraid to, to maybe be vulnerable, be transparent. And... Uh, You're nervous that a church like this would not accept you or welcome you. I want to break down that barrier today and let you know that we love you and we want you here. And every single one of us has problems. Every single one of us needs prayer. Come on. We all need help. But we're going to jump in with one another and love on one another and invest in one another. Because I might be doing great this week, but next week I'm not, right? And so I want to encourage you to stop just kind of being on the outside rubbing elbows or shoulders and jump all in. And I'll say this, you, you might be a student, like I'm, I'm leaving in a couple years, I'm not going to be here anymore. Jump in for two years. A few years ago, back in 2016 or 17, 17 when the big hurricane came down to Houston, Harvey, we sent a group of people down to help restore some stuff in Victoria. And uh, I remember meeting a guy on the way down there. And I was like, hey, I haven't met you yet. And he said, yeah, I'm so-and-so. He said, I'm only going to be here two months. I said, what? Yeah, but I'm joining the church and I'm going all in for two months. I said, that's awesome. He was going to school uh, at the pilot school at the airport here. And he's like, I've got air, uh, you know, helicopter training. I'm only going to be here two, but I'm going all in. Okay, if you're going all in for two months, that's awesome. We don't know what the future is, but we want to go all in. Here's the final thing. Your church family stands in the gap. There is oftentimes a spiritual need in your life. Now, I've talked about practical things, visiting a hospital, buying gifts, cutting people's yards, buying people food gift certificate, all that stuff. Yes, all that stuff. But sometimes we need someone to pray for us. Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Jesus said it like this, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, agreeing so much as touching anything, he's in the midst of them, and he's making a difference. Ephesians 6 and 18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent. Your prayers 
for all believers everywhere. There's, there's people in here today, you're needing a move of God in your life. You're up against a wall and there literally is no way that you're able to do anything to change it by yourself. You need a church family in your life that's going to intercede for you. Because there's times that are so heavy, you don't even feel like praying yourself. I've been there. I felt guilty. I'm like, I can't even pray. I'm so, I'm hurting so bad. But thank God I had a church family that while I was unable to do it, they're praying for me. They're standing in the gap. What's the gap? The gap, I'm here, God's over there, and there's a gap in between. And there's a church person standing in the gap, taking my problem and taking the hand of God and bringing them together so that there is no gap. And it is the prayer of the church family, the church body that stands in the gap and intercedes. You need that person in your life. I'm telling you, if you haven't been there yet, you're going to be there. And you don't have to do this alone. Moses, one of the most powerful world changers in the Bible, he had lifted up his hands and parted the Red Sea with God's power. Moses would hold his hands up, and as long as his arms were up, the Israelites would win the battle. But when his arms began to sag, they would start losing the battle. So Aaron and Hur went to Moses, and they began to hold up his arms so that Israel would win again. The guy who could split the Red Sea still needed others to hold up his arms and win the battle. Some of y'all have been successful in your life and you've done many things well and all of a sudden there's something that's come into your life and you're trying to figure out how can I do this? Your arms are beginning to sag with the weight and the struggle of the battle that you're in. But I'm here to tell you that your church family has come to lift your arms back up. And you are going to win the battle. And God is on your side. And this is not the end. This is just a part of the process. But God is going to deliver you in due season. Come on. And it's going to be because the people of God are standing with you in the middle of the struggle. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for a church family, God. I'm honored to be part of Promised Land San Marcos Church, the church family. Thank you for such a beautiful place where there's so many amazing people that are loving each other and caring for one another and lifting up one another. God, I pray right now that we would just continue in that movement. And if there's anybody in here that's struggling, that's far from you, first of all, we say yes to you, Jesus. Yes to you, Jesus. Come on, let's just do that right now. Let's just say, I say yes to you, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sin. I surrender my heart to you right now, Jesus. I trust in you. In the name of Jesus, I trust in you, God. I'm so thankful for you, God. Thank you, Jesus. But God, I'm praying right now that there's the courage and the risk-taking to step out of our comfort zone, step into community, 
Step into a family. Step into the body of Christ. Be grafted in to the life-giving, power-filled body of Christ that is truly a metamorphosis, a change in our life. Lord, I'm praying that people everywhere within the sound of my voice would go all in, find a church family and dive all in. God, it is, the, it is what we need in order to make it in our life. In Jesus' name, I just pray for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. God, come on, pour out your spirit upon all flesh. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.